0: Welcome to The Church Podcast, talking to all things ministry to help you do church better. I'm your co-host, John Ronaldo, and I'm joined here by Chris Wesley once again. Chris, what's up, my man? Not much, buddy. Just, uh, <laughs> buddy? That
1: sounded so fake. Buddy? Just a uh, buddy? <laughs> yeah, buddy? Pal? <laughs> padre? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're you, off to a good start today. Yeah, how do we move on from that? Um, well, wait, we could just get into
0: it if we want. Yeah, yeah. You know, like,
1: uh, yeah. Let, let's, no about, let's not beat around Let's not beat around the bush. Let's just jump into the subject today. Sure.
0: So, hey, Chris, can I start with a story to kind of introduce the
1: subject? Well, that's not jumping into the subject, but go ahead. I'm going to. It's going to all introduce right, right, the subject. Right, there so, we go. Uh,
0: oftentimes, when I give I give talks, uh, I I often share this story. I remember my first ministry position. Uh, I was the coordinator of, of youth and young adult ministry for parish in Northern California uh, and I, I had great leadership I had great pastor a great uh, parochial vicar I uh, had a great time there. are good memories there but anyways I remember I was about maybe I was about six months or a year in and I was responsible for basically starting a youth ministry program from scratch uh, at the time and I remember my pastor uh, and again we're still good friends at this time but you know my pastor asked me it's like okay John you've been at this for a while um, but I don't see the young people at, at Mass. Uh, John, where are the young people? And and you got to know, I was a cocky twenty-two-year-old uh, young adult, first ministry job, thought I knew everything, you right? Say it. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I turned to him and I said, mm-hmm. Father, mm-hmm. the young people are exactly where their parents are, mm-hmm. not at Mass. Yeah. Now that's not good career advice. I don't recommend you ever do that. But I remember my pastor kind of looked at me, not with a smile on his face, and he just kind of turned around and walked away. Now, he turned around and walked away, I believe, because he knew I was right. Uh, Now, I didn't necessarily need to burn the relationship that way, uh, in in terms of that. But what I was getting at with my pastor, Chris, with that story, is that you know, youth ministry and bringing young people, for instance, to, the, to mass is not just the responsibility of me because I'm the youth ministry leader. Uh, what I was really getting at, too, is that if we're going to have good youth ministry, good student, you know, or good uh, children's ministry, good RCAA, um, then it's got to be a whole parish effort, and it can't just be one thing going on. So my comment about saying, hey, the young people are where their parents are, not at mass, uh, was a, 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 a subtle or not so subtle way of saying it's not just up to me. There's more that we have to do as a parish if we're going to really engage right. Right. people, young people, older people into the life of the church. And that's really the subject of today You know that we want to talk about a, a little bit more clearly is, is this idea that your ministry, whether you're in youth, youth ministry, children's ministry, liturgy, whatever it is, your, your ministry can't grow on its own unless the entire parish is growing and is intentional about growth. And that's what we want to break open today in this particular podcast.
1: Yeah, no, I I can appreciate that story because, you know, it is one of those things where, um, yeah, like uh, as youth ministers, especially um, there's so much pressure that many of them feel in DREs same way where the success of the parish rises and falls on their shoulders. Whether that's communicated to them or something that they believe about themselves, um, that's huge. Um, and so, like, there's power in what you said uh, to your pastor, although you know, not in a tactful way. But um, there, there is that. We need to communicate to people that, hey, success and failure does not just rise and fall on one person's shoulders. At the same time, we have to be careful not to communicate that to people because the way that I could perceive your statement, John, is also that John is not taking any responsibility for the success and failure of this church. So just as one person is not responsible for the success success and failure of a church, um, everyone is responsible for the success and failure um, of of the church. And, you know, uh, there's all those uh, great phrases out there like one spoiled apple uh, ruins the bunch, you know, and and basically um, that's where we've talked about organizational health before, you know, um, organizational health trumps uh, strategy, or eat strategy for breakfast, depending on the book subtitle that you're reading that day. But um, you know, uh, I think, and, and that's what we want to talk about is how are you know if the church is made up of many parts, um, but is one body. Like, how do those parts interact? How do those parts uh, work with one another? And I think, and this is where I'd like to take it, John. I don't know your thoughts. I'd like for us to talk about some of those areas that I think are universal that work together. And the first place that I would start, because just being a youth minister, is the relationship between youth ministry and children's ministry, right? So there are a lot of times, and this isn't against any particular DRE or youth minister out there, where we say, all right, I'm responsible for pre-K up to eighth grade, and you're responsible for ninth grade to 12th grade, or I do religious education, you do youth ministry, those are two different things. You stay on your side of the fence, I stay on my side of the fence and let's hope it all works out. Where really, um, when it comes to the formation of not just children and youth, but even adults, I think, you know, I always look at it like baseball, right? The minor leagues and the major leagues and everything like that. And uh, not to say that youth ministries, major leagues or adult ministries, major leagues and everything else is minor, but it is looking at your farm system and saying like, how does how do things build upon one another? How are you like moving people through this process of, um, so yeah, I think uh, for me, one place that sticks out is the relationship between children's ministry, youth ministry, and even adult-like formation.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and and that's one of the things that, that one of the parishes I'm working with right now, for instance, is uh, I'm going to be meeting with them very soon, and I'm going to meet with all the formation people together who are responsible for the different formations. So children's ministry, youth ministry, and adult faith formation, including RCIA and some of the other things. Uh, and and literally, what we're going to spend time doing as a group is mapping out our formation strategy and where we touch people, right? Where we are interacting with people and where are the gaps, right? Um, You know, and, and part of the reason to have that conversation is I want us to recognize that we have gaps and often those gaps, for instance, this is probably the most common gap that we have is between baptism and the, the first uh, part of religious education or faith formation that we have, which in many parishes, maybe K or first, maybe you've got a pre-K, right? Um, you know, but there's a gap there where we get baptized and we have no interaction with kids or parents for basically four or five years after baptism, right? So one of the things that I'm working with this parish is mapping this out. What does this look like basically from womb to tomb, right? What does formation look like and where do we currently touch people? And where are the gaps? And then how do we address those gaps? And the second part of that conversation, Chris, is then, okay, how do we feed into each other, right? I always say when I did youth ministry training, it's like, good youth ministry is good family ministry. You can't minister well to young people unless you're ministering well to their parents. And so how, do, how does the youth ministry leader work with maybe the adult faith formation person, if you have that, in terms of working together you know, to provide that overlap? Uh, And those are strategies that we need to kind of be intentional and thinking about. And that certainly goes to the point of, you know, young people are exactly where their parents are at mass. They're not there, you know, because most young people, children, especially, they have no choice. They go if their parents go or they don't go if their parents go. Right. And so, uh, so to blame kids or, 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 or young people youth for not being at mass uh, is really Unfair because they really are control of their parents, which all leads us to believe and say we've got to be involved in, in adult faith formation as well, which, by the way, our document suggests that adult faith formation needs to be at the center of, of what it is that we do at a parish, right? And we've talked about that before, but I think it's important to reiterate it again. Our hearts are burning within us, 1999, USCCB document, United States Catholic Conference of Bishops, basically says in that document, adults need to be at the center, but if we're really honest, Chris, if we really evaluate what it is that we do, we know that that's not the case for the majority of our parishes. We spend a lot more time on children's and youth ministry than we do with adult faith formation. And so I think having that strategy of mapping out, you know, how it is that we interact with different age groups, I think is really important. And then figuring out how do we, one, work together, to your point, right? So we don't have that, that classic silo mentality. But then, two, how do we fill those gaps together not the youth minister not the children's minister not the adult faith formation, not the pastor but all of us together how do we fill those gaps
1: yeah 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 and i i think that's that's key in it. and i would um repeat like what you said that adult faith formation uh is really where the focus needs to be and i know some of my fellow youth ministers aren't going to agree with me on that and um but like the reality is if you have someone who's focused on the formation and development of people who are serving inside the parish, people who are serving outside the parish, if you have someone who is focused on the well-being of small group communities and things like that, if you have someone who's focused on, on a, and the, uh, the catechesis of um, certain adults and everything, and they're working together, the fruits of their labor are gonna impact youth ministry and children's ministry because you will, as a youth minister or the DRE, not be fully responsible for men and women who are gonna serve in your ministry because you have someone helping form that. You as a youth minister or a DRE are not gonna be banging your head against the wall trying to form you know, relational ministry because uh, someone is helping you do that at an adult level and parents are gonna understand, small group leaders are gonna understand what relational ministry looks like. You're not gonna be creating these silo service opportunities because there's gonna be someone on your parish staff, who is helping you connect to different outreach opportunities and um, service opportunities for students, for uh, children, for families? In that regards, in other words, it doesn't just fall on you. And so I get really irritated when you know I, you, you made the comment before: good youth ministry is good family ministry. But that's not to say that the youth minister does it all by his or herself. Um, that is that the youth minister or the DRE is responding to the needs of kids and teenagers specifically in a way that the whoever's in charge of adult formation or discipleship uh, is unable to do. So you're extending that capacity in that way. Um, so I think, yeah, in regards to a formation standpoint, it makes sense. In regards to a ministry standpoint, that's how they're connected. But I wanna go back to like what you were saying, um, you know, kind of the topic of conversation with your, with your pastor was mass, right? Um, because I think you see a lot of churches that have so many great events, so many great programs going on, but then you come on Sunday and it's like dead, right? It's just like dead. And the quick thing to blame is the priest or the director of um, music or liturgy because, um, you know, the music might not be great or his homily might not be great. And I think that does matter. Uh, it, it definitely does matter. But a huge component, too, is How are we equipping uh, men, women, children, teenagers to be engaged in that liturgy in a part where they're actually invested in it? I hate when people say, we engage people in the liturgy by encouraging them to sing and say the prayers aloud. Yes, that's a part of it. It's not the only part of it because that's still just being a spectator, right? How are men and women in the pews actually a part of the, liturgy celebration the mass celebration there serving is definitely one way of it but even like how we behave the environments that we create the environments that we create before and after that i think all matter and they're so connected because not only will it make your liturgy more powerful but then it'll also start to 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 bleed into your other ministry programs at the parish.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have to remember that liturgy is where we, every single one of us listening to this, that's where we touch the most people in our parishes. Is the liturgy, uh, and and so going back to what Vatican II says, you know, the liturgy, the Eucharist, is the source and summit of our faith. And so, from a theological perspective, it's the idea that everything that we do outside of Sunday needs to point to the Eucharist, right? Um, And and all of our sacramental prep, especially the sacraments of initiation, but all the sacraments point to Eucharist. And I think that's a disconnect for a lot of our parishes. It's we got Sunday here, and then we have all these other things to do. If we really truly understood how interconnected, not just theologically, but spiritually, our ministries are to what we do on Sunday, we would think differently about how we do our ministry as a whole. And so how does uh, our sacramento prep for first Eucharist, well, that's a little bit easier, right? Because it's focused on Eucharist. How does our sacramento prep for confirmation, for instance, connect with, uh, connect with Eucharist? How is what we're doing in youth ministry connect back to what the Sunday experience is like? Um, that's a question I don't think we're asking enough, Chris, that I think we need to spend more time about it and more attentionality. Again, going back to one of the parishes I'm working with right now, that's an intentional conversation. Is with the liturgists, we've been talking about okay, we need to help educate the parish community about liturgy and how liturgy works and, and do some liturgical catechesis basically. And so one of the strategies that we're starting to develop is how do we work with the faith formation director and the youth ministry leader and the adult faith formation to kind of bridge that, right? Cause you could do some liturgical catechesis on Sunday, for instance, but now what we're doing is intentionally connecting the liturgy director with her fellow staff members and saying, and let's bring this into the curriculum for faith formation, youth ministry and adult faith formation, right? Uh, and, and we're still trying to strategize what that looks like, but again, we're trying to bridge these gaps in terms of relationships between staff members and ministries.
1: And at the same time, what I would say is as, um, in, in this parish in particular, as you bring that into the faith formation curriculum, at the same time, uh, the um, liturgy director, or the pastor, or whoever's you know um, a part of the, the mass Needs to listen to say like, okay, we're going to teach about the mass, but how do we not lose sense of what's relevant in people's lives right now? And not to say the mass isn't relevant, of course it is. But like, you know, so many times I know that there are youth ministries, and I, I was one of those youth youth ministers out there where I didn't want to get stuck in the weeds of catechesis. You know, uh, the, I'm trying to figure out the right way to say it, but like into the, the 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 deep dogma of things because I knew that these kids were suffering you know, with bullying and you know, um, and sexual identity and, and things along those lines, which again, ties back to the Eucharist in, in some way or whatnot, but if they're so deep down that, 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 that pathway to talk to them about liturgy all of a sudden, it's gonna be like, well, why does that matter? So what we have to do is say, okay, if we're gonna teach people about liturgy and about mass and have them go to mass, and when they come to mass, we have to be ready to talk about their lives and what's going on in their lives at the same time. And so it's a both and thing. And that's where there's tension, but it's a good tension to have. And that's where conversations about not only do what I want you to do, but let's talk about how our ministries are interlocked and married and and work well together. Um, that's where you're going to then have people. Not only will you work better as an organization or as a church, but you'll see people understand the concept of how everything your church does is tied together. Mm-hmm. How it's not just like, well, I just go to mass at, you know, Saint whatever, whatever, but I never go to mass there. I go to mass at another church. All of a sudden people are going to start to see how it's tied together. And what you'll do is you'll get buy-in, but also um, not just buy-in from their time, but also buy-in from their finances too. They're going to invest in that because they're going to start to see the life change that's creating in their own lives. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. If we want to see parishes grow, you know, a youth ministry is not going to grow unless children's ministry and adult faith formation liturgy is growing. Children's ministry is not going to grow by itself unless youth ministry. I mean, that's the interconnectedness right. that you're talking about. If we want to see growth in all these ministries, then all these ministries have to grow together. It's not enough to say, I'm going to hire a, a dynamic children's minister. Uh, and, and this person is going to transform our parish. It's just not enough. If, if there's not transformative things happening throughout the entire parish and throughout the entire life cycle. And this is the trap that we get caught in sometimes. Like we just expect, you know, I'm going to hire a really good youth minister and they're going to grow the youth ministry program. Well, okay. Maybe they'll grow it a little bit, but again, it's interconnected. You know, it's, it's, you know, to use a fancy word, it's a symbiotic relationship. Youth ministry will not grow unless the entire parish is growing, you know, and that's, that's the intentionality that I want to have in this conversation.
1: Well, even if it grows, when that person goes away, it'll disappear because it's not supported by that, right?
0: It's not supported by the culture of the parish. It's supported by a personality, which is never a good idea. But yet- Oh, it's a way that we operate a lot, and that's especially true in youth ministry more so than any other ministry. This, yeah, we used to call it the old Pied Piper model, where you know, mm-hmm. you get the the Pied Piper who comes with his little flute or whistle or whatever, and all the little mice come scurrying around him. As soon as you get rid of the Pied Piper, you don't have the mice. I'm not calling youth mice, but I'm just using it as an example, Chris. I know that's where you're gonna go, <laughs>
1: man. John, you're I read your mind, <laughs> No, 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 but um. You know, as you are talking, though, one thing um, that I was thinking about is, is a great question for, for you or your staff to answer is, are the ministries in our parish, you know, built off a culture or a person? You know, are they built off the culture of the church, of, what, of discipleship, of what God's calling us to do, or is it built off of a person? And the way you know that, uh, uh, or the way to answer that is if that person stepped away, what would happen to the ministry? Right, Like, would, would someone be able to step in and say like, hey, I can take it from here and keep it going, or would it just fall apart? And it's a scary question to ask, you know, I even look at where I am in ministry and honestly, um, I think I'm moving away from the personality. Um, but uh, uh, also, I haven't been here long enough to, to I think, build that. But really, you've got to ask the question, is this a ministry or a church built off of a culture or is it built off of a personality? Um, and you, you kind of need both um, I think there's a beauty to both, but you definitely don't want to just built on one especially just built on uh, Personality um, Because the personality can change the culture and the culture um, can uh, support the personality So that's why it's not just one or the other it's both um, in that regards But yeah, uh, I think it's important for us to again look at like how are things intertwined?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And this is where, again, we need to have the staff needs to come together and have this conversation as a whole. And so uh, I would, if, if you are a pastor listening to this, I would say, take one of your staff meeting agendas and do exactly what I was, was suggesting earlier is, is as the entire staff. And because I think it's good for everybody. I think it's good for the office manager to see this, the business manager, all the pastoral associates, you know, whatever the dynamics of your parish are, and map that out right? Where are we touching people in formation? Where are we engaging people and where are we not? Uh, and, and and just start a dialogue with that. What does this mean, you know, for what it is that we're doing and how how successful is the feeding of children's ministry to youth ministry, for instance, right? Are we seeing success in that or are we not? If we're not, What's the issue there? And how do we strategize around that? This becomes good intentional strategic planning when it comes to formation, again, from womb to tomb. And that, that would be a great 90-minute staff meeting agenda. You know, um, it won't be done in that 90 minutes, but at least it's a good initial conversation. And part of it is, is start to change the culture right the culture of the parish saying that it's not just about me and my ministry and what I do but it's how I collaborate with mm-hmm. everybody else on staff and the work that we do and and that is best led by the spiritual leader of the parish which in most cases is the pastor so if you as pastor can take that and make that happen as part of the agenda you start regardless of what the results of the actual conversation is you, you're starting to shape culture. You're starting to shape way the way people think about how they work together, and, and that's huge. And I think that's really important. Uh, so I highly recommend this as a, a staff meeting agenda item.
1: Definitely. Or two. Yeah. No. No. And and what I would add to to this as well is, you know, take the time to look at the culture you have as a staff, right? Um, you know, ta- take the time to say you know, like are we healthy as an organization? Are we getting along? Can we have these conversations? Because, John, what you're introducing are, are pretty tough conversations where people can feel attacked, where really it's a discussion about ideas and strategies and not about individuals. Um, it's a place where we have to really be honest and trust that the people who are talking to us are trying to help us and not tear us down. Um, so, you know, before you have the staff meeting, also take time to say like okay are we mature enough to really have these conversations and um are we willing enough are we working together on this or are people here for their own agenda because if they're not then you're it's just it's going to be a painful conversation it might be necessary but it's going to be painful so
0: yeah i chris as we wrap up i i think that's uh i think that's a powerful place to end you know because i think this is a game changer. This type of thinking, these types of conversations, can be dramatic game changers for parishes. Uh, and these are the conversations I have, uh, and I know you have the same type of conversations with your clients, Chris, in, mm-hmm. in the work that you're doing. Is we've got to break out of these silos. We've got to think holistically as a parish. It's not just about what one ministry is doing, but how all those ministries work, intertwine, connected with each other. I think it's a game changer, yeah. but. Going back to the the initial idea around this, you can't grow your ministry unless the entire parish grows. Right. Yeah. And I think that's fundamental, and I think that's true.
1: Amen. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Cool. So, uh, yeah, if you need help, uh, you know, figuring out how your parishes are intertwined, you heard John talk about how they're assisting parishes to do that with Parish Success Group. You go to Uh That's uh, where you can go. Or uh, if you need help just maybe within your ministry, with, uh, with youth ministry or children's ministry, reach out to me at marathonyouthministry.com. Uh, John, if people want to uh, connect with you further, uh, how else can they reach out to you? Come have a conversation with me on social media. We'd love it. I'm at, at John
0: Ronaldo on Twitter, and you can probably find me easily on Facebook and other places just typing in my name.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And you can reach me at Marathon Youth Ministry, um, all things Marathon Youth Ministry and social media. Uh, But of course, you can reach out to us at thechurchpodcast.org. There you can shoot us an email at questions at churchpodcast.org or, um, you know, just leave a comment on the website. Uh, Definitely uh, visit us on iTunes. If you're not a subscriber, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or um, other places where podcasts can be heard. Um, and definitely live, leave a review. And I just want to give a shout out um, to our last review. Uh, this is from NH, which I assume is New Hampshire, is the best. Um, they wrote, this is a fountain of wisdom and expertise. I couldn't possibly say enough about the podcast. I recommend it to everyone in church ministry, whether paid or volunteer, because there is so much that applies systematically. These two guys have years of experience and wisdom under their belts, and they want to share it with everyone so that we can all build up the church. This is a must listen. So thanks to New Hampshire is the best. Uh, Since my wife is from there, I agree. I don't think my wife wrote this because I don't think she listens to this podcast, John. But uh, (laughs) My wife does
0: not listen either. So that's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: That's okay. They're not in direct church ministry. They're not our
0: audience. That's right. Yeah, yeah
1: they only found out that you and I were talking like when we went out to Vegas. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, but our wives are very supportive of, of our antics. And yes. Podcasts. So, uh, but anyway, leave us your support on iTunes or anywhere podcasts can be heard. Uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, again, thanks for joining us. Um, and John, let me close this in prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for this time to talk about how uh, the church is a body and there are so many different gifts and talents and parts and um, God when those parts when the people work together. um, We're not only a movement, but we are an example of your love and your grace and mercy. And so God, I ask that as uh, people who are listening to this uh, podcast um, that everyone who's a part of church ministry, whether it's a volunteer or full time staff Lord that you bless them that you give them the hope that you give them the grace and understanding that they need to work as one body so that we can continue to proclaim your name so that we can continue to share your love and uh and and bring people closer to you thank you for all that you've given us your name prayer Amen. father son holy spirit